Sit down, strap in, and granny put your teeth in your pocket. Lead Lap Radio powered by HMS Motorsport. The leader in motorsport safety starts now. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another Lead Lap Radio. Back for another week here on Race Chaser Radio uh, via Performance Motorsports Network and, of course, uh, WSIC TV 25 in Charlotte. My name is Tom Baker. I am the host of the show. There is a little less of me verbally this evening uh, in terms of voice capability because uh, I... uh, I don't know why, actually, but I've got some laryngitis here tonight. So uh, dealing with a little bit of a voice issue. If I cough, please uh, forgive me and be patient. This one's going to be a little bit of a struggle. We've got uh, James Mellick in the WSIC studio with me. He is our producer. He's got his voice back this week. Yes, James you, he, James got his voice back and I lost mine. We were trying to figure out a correlation, but I don't think there is one. Yeah, we were talking about it earlier. It just kind of hits you out of nowhere. You're just all yeah. of a sudden good and then all of a sudden your voice is gone and that's the end of it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, that's exactly what happened to me. I was in the office on Saturday, and I had a meeting. And uh, after the meeting, I went out to dinner and was going to come back and work in the office a little more. And the voice was fine all day. I went out to dinner, and when I came back, I tried to talk, and it was just, like, raspy and, like, what in the heck just happened here in the last 20 minutes? So um, it is what it is. There's a lot of, as we call it here in the South, crud going around so uh thankful that the voice seems to be the only issue for the moment other than just feeling fatigued so we can deal with that and we've got a couple of hours of motorsports conversation to um present to you tonight we've got uh jacob sealman going to join us in the next hour he's going to talk chili bowl jacob was out there all week and thankfully he doesn't seem to have gotten the uh chili bowl flu which is good uh that's something that almost (coughs) excuse me almost everybody from the Chili Bowl, a lot of people come back with. So uh, it's um, it'll be good to have Jacob on. And in a few minutes, we're going to talk with Mark Abernathy, talk some dirt track racing with uh, Mark from Carolina Speedway. He is the voice of Carolina Speedway. Mark is one of my favorite announcers in the South. Um, Mark does something on Friday nights that I think it's 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 kind of one of those little signature things that an announcer does, um, and I love it just because I think it's funny. And um, I love the artist that's involved. But every Friday night, Mark does what he calls guaranteed Conway Twitty. You are going to hear a Conway Twitty song at Carolina Speedway every Friday night. It's kind of uh, appropriate for for the South. And uh, I'm a Conway Twitty fan. So there you go. So we've got that going for us. And uh, he'll be joining us here in our next segment, I think. Lots to talk about here. We just got some news off the Newswire that uh, I thought was kind of interesting. Uh, This just announced um, by, uh, actually, Chris Knight, I think, is the one that uh, broke the story. And it's been retweeted, reshared, and whatever several times. But um, Charlotte Motor Speedway has announced They are not doing qualifying on Thursday nights anymore. No more Thursday night poll night. They have amended their schedule for both of their NASCAR events this year on uh, Memorial Weekend for the Coke 600, 
the qualifying will be on Friday, and they have moved the ARCA race to Friday night at the Speedway uh, as well. And that's interesting because we've always had uh, sprint cars, the World of Outlaws, at the dirt track on Friday. This past year was Friday and Saturday. They did a two-day. This year, uh, according to the news that just broke, the World of Outlaws is coming to Charlotte only on Saturday of that weekend, Memorial Weekend. So uh, we'll have qualifying on Friday and uh, instead of Thursday. And then for the Roval in the fall, uh, sorry, the, the I, I kind of got that backwards. The, the World of Outlaws sprint cars come in the fall. It was Friday, Saturday. Now it's just Saturday. So what's going to happen is, on Friday night of Roval weekend, we'll, we'll be, or Friday, we'll be qualifying for uh, the Cup Cars. Actually, let me go back and look at this again because I <laughs> think I'm going to mess this completely up on this. Okay. So here's, all right, here's the, uh, here's what it says here. Um, Archimedes series moves to Friday night, May the 22nd. Qualifying will be during the day. Um, now, Saturday, May 23rd, is the United Rentals Patriot Nationals, I am correct, for the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. Uh, not coming Friday, just Saturday. So what happens now is we get qualifying, we get the Xfinity Series race, and then we get the World of Outlaws race that night. Now for Bank of America Roval 400 race weekend in the fall, uh, qualifying moves from Friday to Saturday. And uh, that will be a, a, a big day because you'll have cup qualifying, Xfinity qualifying, and the Xfinity Series drive for the Cure 250. So now that I finally got all of that straightened out in my, uh, my fatigued brain here. So qualifying. I'm just as confused as you are listening to it. There's so much going on. Well, they're all around I made and, way more out of it than what it was. Wow. Basically, Thursday night qualifying gone. Memorial weekend, it moves to Friday. Friday night, okay. or Friday qualifying, gone. Roval weekend, it moves to Saturday. Okay, so they're taking out that Friday, um, that Friday off day that they used to get there for Memorial weekend. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there will be qualifying on Friday now. So uh, I like I like this honestly because as someone who has has other things going on, um, including our Thursday Motorsports Madness show. Now on Memorial Weekend, I don't have to worry about the conflict with qualifying. There's nothing on Thursday night. Yeah, and it goes back to what everybody's used to anyways. The drivers, the crew, they're right. used to Friday night qualifying at most of the racetracks or the impound or style. Or Saturday. Yeah, or the impound style. Yeah. One of those two are what they're and, used to. That Thursday throws them way off. I think they're going to do a lot more of the Saturday qualifying this year too, Friday and Saturday qualifying. So I, I think... Um, I think they're trying to condense the schedule as much as possible at as many tracks as possible. So I don't really have a problem with this, to be honest. I think it's, uh, I think it's okay. I think we, I, I think by doing this, it shortens the weekend. And what I think they're hoping is that everybody will still come in at the same time, but it gives them all day Thursday, for example, to go visit shops and such around the area, the Hall of Fame, whatever, without worrying about. Uh, having to be at the track for qualifying. And then on Roval Weekend, it gives them all day Friday to do that without worrying about qualifying. And, and so, yeah, that's, um, that's the change that uh, is, has been 
proposed, and uh, it should be interesting. Honestly, I'm um, I'm in, I'm going to be fascinated to see how this works out, especially on Roval weekend. That's going to be a busy, busy day um, with two sets of qualifying Cup and Xfinity plus the Xfinity race, and then the uh, World of Outlaws race that night. That's a lot in one day. That's a lot going on for all those guys who work either at the dirt track or at the speedway. And for all the safety people, that's even longer. They yeah. have to be there, like the police officers getting people in and out of the racetrack and all your um, exactly. safety who is just at the racetrack, not even including the police officers. It's a lot going on that day. It's a long day. Yeah, you're basically adding another uh, qualifying session to what already was a pretty busy um, pretty busy day. So and I know a lot of people think, well, that's just an hour. No, you got to get in there, get the car ready, and you have prep beforehand for those crew yeah. members, and everybody else wants to get there early. So it's not just an hour; that's three or four hours they added on top of that. It's day. a different. It's a different day now for the Cup guys, is what it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it doesn't affect the Xfinity too much, but it it's a different day for the Cup because traditionally you might have had happy. You had happy hour. That was it. Yeah. Now you're going to qualify. Um, so you're you're you've just got a little bit more involvement on Saturday now, and it's a little bit more of a condensed, um, tighter schedule with not as much downtime on Saturday as what we've been used to. So, And it'll probably be an impound race, so you'll probably have to car- have your car mostly ready by Friday right. night so you can go through tech first thing Saturday and be ready for I would qualifying. Yeah. So, yep. so going to be interesting. We'll uh, we'll talk to Jacob and get his two cents on that too when the when uh, he calls us here in the next hour. But uh, that was something that uh, just came down the pike um, that I saw, and I wanted to put that out there so everybody knows who's planning to go to Charlotte uh, that that's that's a change now. So factor that into your plans, and if you can, still get here when you would. Just that gives you some time to you know, hang out at your camper or go see some of the other sites around the area that are motorsports related uh, instead of having to be at the track on those days. Yeah, I know some of these teams, they try to put on those fan fests, and it's hard for the team to put on that fan fest when um, they have such a, uh, like, how do I say, long expanded schedule like that at the racetrack. I mean, it's Thursday, then off Friday, then at the racetrack Saturday, Sunday. Well, that's hard to put on something like that for your fans who show the appreciation for you, and this, I think, is going to allow those fans to go enjoy the fan fest more. Yep, I agree. Exactly. So, yeah, I think I think it's actually better, um, but um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all works out for the first time. A lot of changes this year in NASCAR with regards to the schedule, and that was one that uh, certainly was, um, again, this was pretty much breaking news late this afternoon. Chris Knight from uh, Catch Fence uh, letting us all know about that change. So should be very interesting looking forward to uh, the newly condensed schedule at CMS coming up in um, the next segment. We expect uh, to be talking to Mark Abernathy from Carolina Speedway. We're going to talk some dirt track racing for a little while. And then um, we'll have Jacob Seelman calling in from speedsport slash sprintcarmidget.com. And he'll be uh, talking. We'll talk Chili Bowl in the next hour, probably for most of the next hour. In fact, um, Kyle Larson, an improbable winner. At the Chili Bowl, I want to say improbable. Uh, let's just say, uh, finally, Kyle Larson wins the Chili Bowl. He certainly wasn't an improbable winner, but after all this time, you start to think that maybe it's just a jinx for him, and he finally um, gets himself a victory. So 
Jacob will call us and talk about that. We'll be back with more of the show right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Ross Chastain. You're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to uh, League Lap, presented by uh, HMS Motorsport, the leaders of motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Tom Baker and James Mellick in studio, kind of chuckling because we had a little bit of issue with our... uh, TV picture, the sizing was a little off in the first segment, just uh, about a about a low, on the lower third of the page. We had nothing but black, um, and suddenly we came out of the break, and it worked perfectly. We don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea, but you know what? I don't mind that it's back because I was so confused on what was going on 
that it looked fine on the last show, and then all of a sudden we come on there and a whole lower thirds is gone. It happens. It's just a technology thing, and uh, it's sometimes hard to explain why it works the way it does, but we're happy that for those of you watching us yes. in the Charlotte area, WSIC-TV, you are now actually seeing the whole screen instead of about uh, two-thirds of it. So uh, you're, you're seeing all of me now. I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, it, it is what it needs to be. So uh, welcome back to the program. Mark Abernathy, I think, is on the phone with us from Carolina Speedway. Um, we've been trying to... Uh, We've been trying to get Mark on the program now since um, the end of last year. And Mark has uh, some commitments on Monday nights. But uh, we're excited because we're trying to focus much more on Carolina's racing with this show in 2020. So we're happy that Mark was able to uh, set aside some time to come and talk with us on the uh, strutmasters.com hotline. Mark, welcome to the program. It's great to have you here. Thomas, pleasure. It's my pleasure. Glad to be a part of the show. Well, let's, um, let's talk about uh, Carolina Speedway. Let's just get to it. Uh, the th This past year was kind of an interesting year at the Speedway. Um, and I know that it, it with, within the last uh, couple of years, uh, it's kind of undergone a transition from uh, one management group to another. And uh, now it seems like after kind of a year of um, finding your way a little bit, it seems like this year everything is ready to rock and roll once again. And I'm excited about that because I love Carolina. I'm looking forward to spending some Friday nights down there again this year after a couple of years of not being uh, able to do too much of that. Um, talk a little bit about... Carolina Speedway, first of all, for our audience who's not real familiar with it, um, tell us about Carolina, what you got going on down there, and uh, why people should come out on Friday nights and watch. First of all, as far as last year, it was a pretty dreadful year. I mean, we we um, we lost the we start, we kicked off the year with Skylar Memorial. Elliot got rained out, and yep. then a couple weeks later, we always have a big USDS sprint car race. It's always a big fan. It got rained out. The remake of those races got rained out. We ended up having like 13 rainouts last year out of like 25 or 13. It was terrible. Out. It was a bad summer here. It, was, it rained almost every weekend last summer. Yeah, and, and when it didn't rain, it seemed like it, it was almost going to rain, or it looked like rain, yeah. or it did rain and quit. You know, it was just one of those rough years, and we never could get any momentum. And it was a rough year for us. Uh, Friday night tracks have uh, other uh, obstacles. You know, we're, uh, we're in Gastonia, North Carolina, which is uh, – you know, not that far from Charlotte. There's a lot of traffic in Gastonia, and, and honestly, there's a lot of you have to make a pretty big commitment to get to us. You know, yes. on Friday nights because because Friday night Friday afternoon traffic is really bad. Uh, so uh, we just had a lot of obstacles in front of us last year, and uh, made a couple mistakes on, on our own. But really, the weather just killed us. Just killed our momentum. We couldn't ever get things going. Uh, towards the end of the year, uh, we had a couple good things. We had a big uh, street stock race, which was one of the biggest events we've had in yep. a long time, and. And, um, you know, we're, we're, we're kicking that 2019 to the curb and we're in 2020 for rock and roll force. Well, looking forward to that. And you talked about kind of a, I, I don't know if you want to call it a philosophical change or just, a um, a, a new way of looking at uh, your season, but, um, not as many big shows this year, just a lot more regular Friday night shows. Uh, talk a little bit about what thinking went into, um, that, 
uh, change in the scheduling process for 2020. When uh, NASCAR's David If uh, uh, took over the running this racetrack about maybe 15 or 20 years ago, he, he went in, cleaned it up, uh, made it a real presentable place, put nice bathrooms in, and um, you know he, he he ran a regular show. The only big show that the Carolina Speedway had back in those days was the Shrine 100, which is a truly a big show. And uh, we kind of gradually added a few more big races here and there, added a few sprint car races, added a few super late model races, added some open modified races. And, um, you know, last year I think we had about 10 or 12 big, big races scheduled out of about a 26 or 28 race season, uh, which there's not, nothing wrong with that. But we just feel like we need to kind of, you know, where they come from. That's kind of what we're looking at, too. We're going back to our bread and butter, which is our weekly show, still sprinkling some big races. We've got about one big race a month this year instead of two. So we still got two or three late model races, a couple, you know, three or four sprint car races, a big sprint stock race. But we're hoping to go back to our roots, so to speak, and uh, do what we, we do best, which is those weekly shows, rock and roll for those. And then, then, then the big shows will really be a big show. That's what I'm seeing in part, our part of the Carolinas is there's a big race every single week somewhere. So if there's a big race every single week, are they really that big? So that's kind of that's kind of a philosophy. We're going back to uh, a strong weekly program, set about seven classes every week, rotating a few classes, sprinkling in about three super late model races, a couple of USCS races, and uh, there you have it. That's, that's, that's our goal this year. Well, it makes sense, I think. And and you, you asked an interesting question. By the way, we've been getting some on and off signal drop with you. I don't know if uh, maybe you can uh, get into a slightly different place or if you're moving around or whatever, but just um, uh, wanted to kind of make you aware of that. But we, we're, we're good most of the time here. Um, the, okay, yeah, I'm inside. I'm actually inside a school. I coach basketball on the side, so I'll try to find a quiet spot. Let me step out here in the parking lot. Okay. It's about 28 degrees, but I'll, I'll manage. Uh, well, <laughs> I, coach, I coach basketball. I coach basketball on the side, so that's where I'm at. I'll gotcha. be good now. should be good now. Good. Okay. Uh, we don't want you to freeze to death, though, so uh, we'll, we won't keep you too long. But, uh, <laughs> we'll be all right. We'll be all right. So, uh, so the one you asked an interesting question. If you have a big race every weekend, is it really that big? And and you know it's an interesting question because what I've seen over the time that I've been in the Charlotte area, which is about 13, 14 years now, is we've multiplied on the dirt track side of things. We've multiplied series like rabbits in some cases. We've got a number of d- different late model series now, touring series. Um a couple different modified touring series, I think. Um, you know, you, you've you've just got a lot of different things going on in the area. And I do think sometimes too much is a dilution of the whole product. In other words, as you say, if there's a big show going on summer every week, then they're really not that big of a show. It's like, well, I'll just skip this one and go to the, the one next week at the other track or whatever. I think there's th- there's... There is certainly an interesting theory behind, you know, are we overdoing this? Do we have too many different series? Uh, you know, are the series all doing well car count wise? If you're only bringing a dozen or 14 cars, is that a sufficient number for a touring series? Those kinds of things. Um, it's kind of an interesting question. You know, the the dirt track uh, lay of the land overall better than I do over the last couple of years. I mean, um, have we gotten too many different series, say, in the late models? Um, are, are we at that point where we're kind of oversaturated, so now you just start 
dividing the available competitors between them on a on a kind of a rolling basis where you're not getting as many cars as you would at each race if we have one or two last series? This is an easy one, and I, I, I don't want to offend any of my fellow promoters that have these series and stuff, but right now there's about three or four late model series in the Carolinas. There's a couple open-wheel modified series. Yep. There's a there's a there's a series that's going to run street stocks. There's a series that's going to run thunder bombers. There's a series that's going to run uh, uh, four cylinders. There's a series that runs front wheel drives. <laughs> it's yeah. really gotten it's it's gotten too much. And you know I understand you know the running of the series can be a lucrative thing short term for a promoter if he does it right and if he does it really well it can be a long term thing. But in my opinion, it's hurt the weekly programs. It's it's. I mean, uh, it, it hurt, hurts weekly programs. Some guys decide that they want to run series and instead of uh, weekly. Which weekly. I understand yep. that. I understand that. But you know, it's it doesn't do us any favor if there's a big race down the street or a thunder bombers or street stocks or open wheels on Saturday night. Some guys, some of our guys decide, our regulars decide not to run with us because they want to save their car for that series race and. Not knocking those series so much because I, I mean, I, I'll visit tracks that have those things, but it's, it is a, it's definitely oversaturated the market with all the different series right now. It's definitely, a, it's a problem. It really yeah, is. yeah. I see. That's what I was was thinking um, too. And and again, we're not picking on any one series because all of them are very competitive and and put on good shows. But you know, if if you've got if you've got a hundred available cars and you have two series, then you know you probably are going to get. 40, 50 in each one or 30 or whatever. If you have, you know, if you have uh, four series and you're just splitting it that much more and you're making people make choices and people want to kind of kind of stick to one series and run for points or whatever. Um, I, I just think it gets, it gets crowded. And then as a, as a track entity, you look at all these series and say, well, I can't run them all. So which ones do I pick? And, you know, and, and, or do I pick two or do I pick three? You know, it, it starts to, um, it starts to get kind of complicated. And so, uh, I'm hoping that, um, you know, it, 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 it doesn't hurt the weekly series, weekly tracks any more than it already is. We just need to keep the weekly tracks healthy because series are great for drivers, but they're not so, so much good for tracks tracks need weekly competitors and it's hard to to keep that weekly field up the way you want it when you've got so many um different uh series out there where people can choose to run and let's face it a lot of those series pay more per race than the weekly tracks can afford to just because the weekly tracks run so many more races during the year right and uh, but you know, part of, part of this is you know, we have to do or we i say us or any local track needs to do a good job of taking care of their right their, their show. I mean, yep. they need to pay. They need to start on time. They need to pay fair purses. They need to have a decent tractor race on. They need to run a fair show, have fair rules. And if you do that, you know, short term, you might miss some guys that run series. But big picture, if you do all those things, you will be able to keep. Um, you will be able to keep a core of cars to, to, to put on a good show, and that's 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 the challenging part but that's what's what we have to do and exactly. we're, we're determined to do it okay we're determined to do it well go inside for about three minutes and listen to the commercials and we'll uh we'll we'll bring you back out on the other side here more with mark abernathy on the other side of this break jacob sealman coming up next hour as well to talk chili bowl back with more lead lap presented by hms motorsport right after this 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert helmets, Schroep belts, Adidas suits and shoes, Olero fireproof underwear, Lifeline fire systems, and even Racecom radio kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'll come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Hey, this is Reed Wilson, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to League Lab, presented by our good friends at HMS Motorsport. Leaders of motorsport safety, you can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com for all your driver safety needs, and they have radios. Don't forget that. They have their own brand of uh, radios, and uh, they work great. And uh, so make sure you go see HMS if you need radios for your team as well. Tom Baker with you on a Monday night as we record this live on uh, Performance Motorsports Network and also on WSIC uh, TV 25 in Charlotte. Of course, you can find this show by searching Race Chaser Radio on demand uh, about 24 hours after it airs. 
So tomorrow afternoon, early evening, uh, just about anywhere podcasts are put. We're on almost every one of them now. So, uh, and soon you'll be able to access them all straight through the Race Chaser website that uh, should be coming within a week or so. And we're very excited about that. So with that, we go back to uh, strutmasters.com hotline and uh, rejoin our conversation with Mark Abernathy, the voice of Carolina Speedway, who does something every Friday night that I think is the coolest thing. Um, just because one, I really like listening to him and two, because you just don't see race announcers, uh, with a great sort of sense of humor and sense of entertainment, like, um, Mark at every racetrack guaranteed Conway Twitty every Friday at Carolina Speedway. Right, Mark? Sure is. Uh, it started as something <laughs> just kind of silly. I mean, you know, I play, I play I play my my music collection is pretty old, and I play Conway Twitty, and then I did it again, and then I kind of said something about guaranteed Conway Twitty, and as a joke. Well, the next week I didn't play Conway Twitty, and that, the, the phone rang off the hook in the Speedway <laughs> office. So, yeah, so, so that's how it started. It's really silly, really dumb, but you know that's kind of my act. You know, I kind of I'm kind of that guy that uh, I'm not uh, reading the script up there. I'm just no. uh, calling it off the fly and uh, having fun and. You know, uh, I, I do. I've done some announcements, some kind of professional racing and stuff. I've done some announcements at Truckman Speedway and stuff. But this is, I, I have more fun on a Friday night just goofing around than, than uh, any of those other shows. I really do. Well, and and that that comes across too. I, you and I worked together for a year there, and we had a lot of fun yep. together. And and I, I enjoy listening to you. That's part of the fun on Friday night. You enjoy uh, elevating the show without taking over the show, and I think that's really the critical force um for an announcer to be successful is you know you could be entertaining but you don't want you don't want to ever think that everybody's showing up just to listen to you talk and you know you you've never had that air about you you're always just uh fun to listen to and you make the show more entertaining and i think that's great um so you've got uh, more kind of weekly shows this year um who can we look for if if I'm a new fan coming to Carolina Speedway, um, who are the stars? Who am I looking at that's going to entertain me to watch on the racetrack at Carolina on Friday nights? Well, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a who I'm gonna say it's a what. Uh, we our our division we called Streak Stock and then we called it Super Streak this last year. Well, we've combined rules with Cherokee Speedway, which is down the road, and if we call it, we're gonna call it Super Sportsman this year. The cars kind of got look kind of a late model look about them, but it's street type tires. And um, you know, I like late models and sprint cars and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. I, I give me some good old street stocks. See, stuff I like agree. That. And that that that's what I like, and that's typically our best division. In week in week out, you never know. Sometimes sometimes it's front wheel drive, sometimes it's the late models, and sometimes open wheels. But week in week out, and I and that's. This is going to be our headliner for some of our weeks. I'm going to look, we're paying them more money this year. We're going to get some of those guys. It's been running Cherokee because now their cars are legal to run with us. I'm looking for the Super Sportsman class to be really, really, really fun this year. Well, it should be fun. It sounds like fun. Uh, you know, you guys have a nice variety of divisions down there, and you've got some really, really good racers, not only on the track, 
But the racers that are fun to talk to after the races, if you go over to the pits or whatever, um, you know, you've got some great personalities there. And the other thing that I really enjoy, and I, I don't know if you guys still do it, but when I was going, you did. And I thought it was, I, again, I thought it was the coolest thing. Um, you, do you still do the kids meeting with a candy drop? Absolutely, absolutely. That we, is uh, the coolest thing. I, I, I call I call them our favorite fans that we make sure we take care of, and you know we have we ask for sponsors for it. But if we don't have a sponsor, I got a big old big old tub of candy waiting to throw out every single week, and uh, and that, you know honestly, sponsor wise, it don't take a lot of money, and a lot of guys like to sponsor that because they like to see the kids' faces, and we have a lot of kids out there. Sometimes we may have a uh, hundred, hundred fifty kids yeah. that are like ten or below, and, and they're scrambling for that candy, and it it's some of them I, they can't wait. I'm sure it's some of them. It's maybe not got the bug for racing 100%. They at least love the candy drop. So uh, that's a, that is a fun thing for us. Well, it really is. And, I, you know, you always hit the uh, John Denver, thank God I'm a country boy song. And uh, it just, again, it's, it's, it's the atmosphere on a Friday night that really uh, entertains me along with the racing. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, to, to be at Carolina on, on a Friday night. Uh, and the kids meeting is just a part of that. Uh, you know, there's nothing like getting a hundred kids on a nice sugar high and then giving them back to their parents and take them home. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, and as far as the racing, you know, we kick, we kick off the year, you know, I, we, we got, we're a weekly track, but we stick off, kick off the year with a Scott from when we yes. see Carolina class, 5,000 in super yep. late model race. And then in the first of April, we've got the USCS sprint cars. I mean, it'll be, it'll be drivers from, uh, Mississippi and New Jersey and Tennessee yep. and the Virginia and the Carolinas and Georgia and Alabama uh, for repeat Walton's USCS Sprint Car Series. And then um, we've got the Shrine Race. We've moved that to Friday this year. The Shriners uh, thought we might be better off having that race on a Friday night, maybe the second Friday in August. And, and then we started a race last year. We called it the Street Stock Battle Royal. Basically what we did, we combined the, a combination of rules for our great sportsmen, renegades, thunder bombers, Super Street, and basically made the rules kind of in the middle for all of them, and we paid $10,000 to win for a 60-lap race. Wow. We had drivers from all over Arkansas, Georgia, Florida, Carolinas, Tennessee, Virginia, and, uh, the, and, you know, we had high hopes for the race, and we had a lot of entries. We had about 50 entries, and we, that's, that's, that was the number we were hoping for. And we thought we would get a good attendance. The stands was packed. It was our biggest crowd of the year, which goes back to prove my point. People... Love late models, they love sprint cars, but you give them a good old street stock race, and they, they, that's that's what they like. And that stands was packed. It was our best show. It was our biggest show. And we're looking forward to that one uh, coming up this year well, in September. here again, I mean, the street stocks, that's as pure as it gets, right? I mean, that's literally how the sport started pretty much. You, you, you basically just drove a stock car. You drove your street car um, and, and raced your street car in some cases. So... Uh, you know, that's, I think that's why so many fans can identify with that class. And I've always loved the street stocks. I grew up watching super modifieds on asphalt, but every once in a while I would go to a neighboring speedway, the Fulton speedway, um, where they had street stocks and even on the pavement back in the day, which was mid seventies, um, I fell in love with the street stock class. They were just always, they always put on a good show. They're always fun to watch. And as I got older, I realized this is probably as entry level as it gets at uh, the local racetrack. And of course, then they've come out with like the four cylinder type classes that probably are a little less money, I suppose. But I still think street stock racing is as pure as it gets. I think so too. And, and you know, we do have some of those other sanctioned bodies come in. We've got 
There's a Mid-East Modifieds for the 602 Modifieds. We're going to have two or three of their races. Uh, we've got two USCS sprint car races. Uh, there's another sprint car uh, series that's local based around the Carolinas. Yep. I don't think you're familiar with those guys. Yep. And they've got, they've really got their feet on the ground this year. They, yep, they got 20, 20 plus cars everywhere they go. We've got three races for those guys this year. Uh, we got a couple touring races for the for the Monster Minis, which is the four cylinders. Uh, and then we, you know we'll throw some uh, throw some uh, extra bones at some of our regular weekly races. So we try to do something even when we even when we don't have a big race, we still have we'll have hot dog night or fifty fifty night or t shirt night or fireworks or a demo derby. We started something last year and it was my idea. I kind of, you know if, if, if it failed, I was going down with it. We have flagpole race. Flagpole racing. Yep, you, you put a tractor tire in turn one, you put a tractor tire in turn three. The cars go down in turn one, they have to slow down and make a circle around that tractor tire, and they do the same thing in turn three. It's for like <laughs> uh, old, old, old beaters, and uh, we run it last, and we was like, oh, is this going to be good? Well, everybody stayed for it. Everybody That's loves funny. the flagpole races, and, and we got a lot of guys that won't do this. We're going to have about six or eight flagpole races this year. I mean, it's just kind of we try to give a big variety of, of you know, we try to do the fast cars. We try to pay big money for the middle classes. We try to have the the, the, the beater classes to do some stuff for them, demo derby stuff for the kids. We try to, to try to touch every single um, element out there to try to try to find the niche, try to find our niche with a different set of fans. Well, here again, I like the variety. I always I always have thought that uh, the dirt tracks have uh, more of a variety of classes. Although some of the paved tracks in this area have done a good job of kind of opening that up too, uh, but. I, I just love being able to, you know, to see a, a late model class, a street stock class, in some cases a sprint car, a four-cylinder, you know, a modified, all on a on the same night at the same track, um, and just be able to go and have some fun. Um, CarolinaSpeedway.net is the website. Uh, I assume that uh, pretty soon the new schedule will be up uh, and everything will be updated for the 2020 yep. season. Yep. We put it out two days ago, actually, CarolinaSpeedway.net. And also, you can, I'm I'm, uh, uh, I'm kind of the unofficial PR person for the Carolina Speedway. My name is Mark Abernathy, A-B-E-R-N-E-T-H-Y, and I'm on Facebook a lot. And uh, if you're offended, don't come to the Facebook page because I have a lot of fun on there, too. But I try to give out the Carolina Speedway uh, updates on there, too. So, uh, you know, um, but um, CarolinaSpeedway.net, we kick off our season open practice uh, February 22nd. Uh, first race is Scala Tour which is one of our biggest races. It's a super late model race, big sprint car race, sprint car race in uh, April. Of course, we've got uh, races all throughout the year. We got big fireworks shows, uh, demo derbies, the big street stock race in September, and then the KOC, which every year last year, this last year, we had like 170 entries for the King of the Carolinas. It's basically big money for every single class we run. So, um, looking forward to it. We're just hoping. Old Mother Nature takes care of us this year. <laughs> oh, I hope so. I hope it stays drier here than it did last year. It was bad. Uh, your your 2019 banquet coming up January 25th as well, just uh, five, yep. uh, five days from now. Yep. So, uh, yep. Mark, yep. we appreciate you uh, taking some time. We'll let you get back to the basketball and look forward to having you back on more frequently as we get into uh, the Carolina Speedway racing season. I would love to, and I'm looking forward to see Tom Baker stroll into Carolina Speedway if you Friday. I can't do. wait to get there. Absolutely, we're going to do a, a good bit of Friday night uh, action there. I think this year, uh, when I'm not uh, traveling around somewhere else. 
All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. We appreciate it. That's Mark Abernathy, the uh, voice of Carolina Speedway. If you've never been to Carolina Speedway, you have got to go on a Friday night. It is a blast. We'll be back with more of the Lee Lap Show presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. Everywhere you go, you hear it, and you see it. It's coming at you through your phone, your tablet, and your computer. It's broadcast from your favorite radio station, TV networks, and cable companies. It's in the stadiums, the arenas, the ballparks. It screams for your attention at the mall. It's interactive on Main Street. It's even coming at you from the gas pump at the nearby convenience store. What is it? It's digital content. It's digital content. It's digital content. Somebody has to create it. Somebody has to manage it. So whether your dream is to write it, design it, create it, call it, produce it, voice it, host it, light it, shoot it, switch it, record it, color Correct it, edit it, code it, repurpose it, tweet it, blog it, post it, compress it, upload it, replay it, or make sure it gets to where it's got to go when it's got to get there in the format it's got to be in. You need to attend Carolina School of Broadcasting. The skills you will learn, the experience you will get, and the connections you will make at Carolina School of Broadcasting will open the doors to the career you want in digital content creation and digital content management. Call or come by today. Click csbradiotv.edu. Everyone knows Strutmasters is the suspension experts for luxury vehicles. And now we offer motorcycle products. Introducing Easy Rider Complete Motorcycle Air Suspension brought to you by Strutmasters.com. You can raise and lower your bike with the flip of a switch. Take those long rides with the ultimate comfort of Easy Rider Air Shocks. They're backed by Strutmasters and you won't believe the low price. Check out Easy Rider Motorcycle Air Suspension at Strutmasters.com. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Jesse Love and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lee Lab presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at HMSMotorsport.com. Tom Baker and James Mellick in the WSIC studio in Statesville, North Carolina. And uh, if you're just joining us, we just spoke with Mark Abernathy for a little while, the voice of Carolina Speedway, talking some dirt racing and looking forward to doing much more of that 
with this show as we get into 2020 further and everything starts opening up. We were scheduled to have uh, one of the most popular dirt drivers in the area on this show tonight. Unfortunately, uh, he uh, did not respond to my confirmation request, so that didn't happen. We'll try and see if we can work on him for later, but um, it's... uh, we're giving the the dirt side an opportunity. They don't get much publicity in the area, motorsports-wise. So we're uh, giving them the opportunity to um, avail themselves of this show. Uh, and we really want to try to do what we can for Carolina's racing in general. So that's our plan for this show. Oh, by the way, if you're watching us or listening to us live and you're wondering what else is coming up on our other shows this week, tomorrow at 11 Eastern, Tuesday morning at 11 Eastern, We have Ryan Repko, Michael Self, both from Venturini Motorsports, both drivers on the inside pass tomorrow at 11 a.m. And then Thursday night, um, Jacob will be back in studio to host Motorsports Madness. Of course, we're going to talk to him uh, here in a little while on this show, too, about the Chili Bowl. But we're going to have Cannon McIntosh on Thursday night, the third place finisher from the Chili Bowl. And that young man... Turned a whole lot of heads over the weekend with his run. I really thought he had something, at least for Christopher Bell, but I think he just kind of ran out of time. So could have been a runner-up finisher just as easily as uh, as anything. But So that's what's coming up. Uh, we're going to talk Chili Bowl here uh, in about uh, 15 minutes with Jacob. And I don't know if – did you get to see the, uh, the Chili Bowl at all? Yeah, I got to watch the Chili Bowl. As yeah. you said, that – that young man turned some heads. He did. He, he did. He uh, he put a name for himself out there very quickly, uh, showing what he could do through the preliminaries and starting up front. So, well, it's it's interesting because that's a race where you start with three hundred plus entries, you whittle it down to twenty four, and you you try to pick a winner. Lately, it's been the Bell and Larson show, pretty yep. much. Um, I think most people thought it would be that way again this year, and it was. Um, Kyle took advantage of a late race restart, uh, you know, and 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 took the lead and drove away. And it was good to see him, you know, finally get that driller. He's certainly been working hard enough, and Chris has taken it from him a couple of different times. But uh, but Cannon is is probably the best example. Every year, there's that one driver that sort of breaks out from the pack as I swap the microphone next to me um, breaks out from the pack and, and, and just has that moment when everybody goes, who is that kid? Well, we've had Cannon on our show several times, so this is not new to us. We expected Cannon when he uh, announced that he was going to run for Keith Coons. We expected Cannon McIntosh to go out and contend for a win. Uh, and he did, you know, there were, I thought there were, the the lack of cautions in that race until yeah. late. I mean, it went you know past halfway. I think before we we even had a caution. Um, I think it was like seventeen laps from the end before they had their first caution. Yeah, I think it was. Like I that. think it was past lap thirty. Yeah, uh, and then they had a couple, but back to back. But it was it was. I thought that sort of made it a different race. If you have the normal four or five cautions and they're spread throughout the race, you might have had some other guys be able to sort of sneak. Um, but once you, once you get a Chris Bell pulling away from the field or a Larson pulling away, they're all running so close in times that it's hard to catch them 
without the benefit of the caution to close the field. So definitely a different sort of a chili bowl in a good way. I thought it, it was the preliminaries were good. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely fun to watch my, my biggest criticism of it. And there's really not much we can do, I guess at this point is that the AMA just starts so doggone late in the evening. Yeah. It starts late. I don't think they took the green till what ten thirty. Oh, it was after that. Was it? It after was that? well after eleven. It, yeah, it was late. Yeah. I know that for sure. It was a late night for those guys. But um, I want to ask you a quick, que- quick question there. Sure. You were talking about how it was the Larson and the Seabell show this year. Do you think that since um, uh, Bell's in his prime right now with the dirt race, and he yeah. had a chance to tie Swindell, if Swindell was healthy, who do you got winning those races most of the time at the Chili Bowl? Are you taking well, Swindell I mean, or Bell? Because they're both. Really good there um, trying to get those drillers. That's probably one of those questions that if Jacob's listening to this show, he's going to go, I wanted to answer that. Uh, <laughs> we'll have to ask him later. Yeah, I, wow. I, you know, I, I've known Kevin Swindell since he was about 12. And I watched him you know, come up through his career, and I watched him in his, in his prime and, and do all those things. And, um, man, that... You know, I hadn't really. Kevin's been out of the seat for so long that you you just don't really. You know, we we kind of bench race about all of the different scenarios, but you just never think about Kevin, and um, being in the seat and and ask a question like that anymore. And that's a great question, boy. If Kevin in his prime at the Chili Bowl, he would still be in his prime. I mean, Kevin's not oh, yeah. by any means old. Um, you know that. I guess the the larger question is how the heck many wins would Kevin have by now? Um, And would it even be reasonable? And would Larson even have got his this year? Well, yeah. I mean, it's the fact of how many would Seabell have, how many would Swindell have, and would Larson still be trying to chase that first one? That's uh, that's a great question. And, and, uh, of course, you know, at this point we'll never know. Um, but Kevin, you know, Kevin was, when, when it came to dirt tracks, uh, I mean, Kevin could drive anything. Don't get me wrong. He, Kevin would have been great even in NASCAR or, or anything else had he had the right opportunities, uh, for the length of time that he needed to kind of build that skill set to the degree that it needs to be. But, um, but on the dirt tracks, that kid was magic, um, you know, he was just one of those drivers that had the versatility and had that seat of the pants adaptability that you see in a Chris Bell or in a Kyle Larson. Um, my gosh, if you know, it's it's it, it, it he he was always excited to watch too because he he was either on the throttle or off. There was no you know there wasn't a whole lot of um, finesse in Kevin. You know, Kevin was uh, Kevin was very much a get to the front and go. Uh, kind of driver, and he was fun to watch. Um, so that's a great question. I I think uh, I I I think it would have been really interesting to see how all of this would have played out had Kevin not been injured. But again, you know, you you just can't. Who's to know? Yeah, you'll you know? never know. That's one of those no. things that you'll just have to you know wonder what what would have happened. Like you're saying, I think you Chris almost. It, it's kind of funny because Chris almost was there. You know, when Kevin got injured, Chris was there to immediately fill that role as the guy, at least at the Chili Bowl, but really everywhere uh, on the dirt tracks. And even, you know, you look at him in NASCAR and 
course, going to be driving for you guys at yes, LFR this will year. Be. So you'll you'll get a lot of up close and personal time with Chris. But um, I see a lot of similarity in their driving styles, to be honest. Yeah, there is some similarities there. I see it for sure. Isn't the one – I'm just clarifying here. Isn't the one um, ride that he got – that was a pretty solid ride in the NASCAR series with that 98 car when they first started up over there in the Xfinity series. Yeah, uh, Kevin did drive for uh, Biagi Dembeste. Yeah, Biagi Dembeste. Yeah, that that was um, that was. Uh, I think a, I think he ran. If I'm not mistaken, I think he ran a full season and almost a second one. I'm trying to remember back. Um, sounds Jacob, about right. Jacob would know better than I, but uh, he ended up. Um, I, I mean, I don't know all the details, but it seemed like he kind of got screwed at some point in that deal, <coughs> excuse me, um, for whatever reason. And I thought that was going to be an opportunity f- that would springboard Kevin where he wanted to be. And, you know, I don't think that ended it, it, the way that it should have, let's put it like that. Uh, but again, I, I wasn't privy to the inside details, but I know Kevin wasn't very happy about it. Um, and so, you know, but he... He always drove whatever he could drive. He was somebody, he, you know, I mean, it, it didn't matter. Road course, he was great. It, he had it all. Kevin could could literally do anything. Um, and that was a very big loss for the, the, the competition side of the sport when he got injured. And he has worked really hard on his recovery and his therapy. He's still trying to get all the way back. Um, you know, who knows, maybe someday. But for right now, he's developed uh, a great racing team and is doing uh, a lot for the safety side of the sport and really trying to. He's still very relevant in the sport, and he is a whole lot of fun on Twitter. Yes, yeah, because some, if he's got something to say, he's already said it. He's letting it out there. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, you know? so if there's something I could see him doing, it would be like maybe like an endurance race or something. Because remember, I think it was Kenny Breck. He got hurt a couple of years yeah. ago, and they put him in a car that had hand paddle Control, brakes yeah, and all that, yeah. and. Um, I think if there's a chance for him to do it, it'd have to be something like It'll that. It would be a road course race style stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I miss Kevin racing, to be honest. Um, not only do I consider Kevin a friend, but that, that kid was, kid was an amazing racer. And, and, um, you know, again, a, a case of, uh, just having your career cut short way too soon because that boy had a whole lot more to accomplish in this sport had he kept racing. That was a great question. I really had never, again, I never pondered it because you just don't think about it. But, wow, um, would that be interesting? I mean, you, you, you got the dynamic duel now with Larson and Bell. You'd have a power trio there, and you throw in a, a seasoned Cannon Macintosh and, you know, Zeb Wise in a year or two, Jesse Love coming in with Coons hopefully next year. Um, some of these kids, I mean, you, boy, oh boy, that would be incredible to watch. Yeah, it would be a fun chili bowl to watch for Ooh. sure. We'll, uh, we'll let Jacob, uh, chew on that a little bit when, uh, when he calls us in a few minutes here, we're going to step aside when we come back, uh, Jacob Seelman from speed sport, sprint car and And of course, part of our staff as well. Uh, the usual host of motorsports madness on Thursday nights. He'll be back in the studio. He will call in and chat with us here on lead lap right after this. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. 
Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's my computer career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels new to intermediate to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com, or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Ty Ingram, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Now there's somebody I'd be curious to see in a Chili Bowl situation. Tyler started out in quarter midgets and ran Ford Focus midgets for a little while out west before he transitioned to the stock cars. Tyler's a driver who's very adaptable. Tyler Ankrum would be would be fun to watch in the Chili Bowl, I think. Uh, that that would be interesting if that ever happened. We've got Jacob Seelman on the Strutmasters.com hotline now. And uh, we'll just uh, we'll, we'll give Jacob a chance. I don't know, Jacob, if you were listening to the last segment, but uh, James Mellick posed the question to me about you know, how do you think it might have been different if, if Kevin Swindell had still been able to race all these years? Where would Chris Bell's Chili Bowl wins number be? And, you know, would Larson have won? Or how do you think that would have impacted that? And I hadn't ever really pondered that because we just kind of knew that, you know, at least for for a good bit, Kevin wasn't going to be in the car. And um, But, oh, my gosh, imagine a Chili Bowl with Kevin Swindell in his prime, Chris Bell in his prime, Kyle Larson in his prime, and a, and drivers like Kelly McIntosh, um, Yowzers, and we have silence. Okay, uh, <laughs> not sure what uh, we'll try to get. Let's see, Jacob, are you there? 
I've been here. I was trying to answer your question. Okay, I think uh, James had you in parentheses. He had to get you out. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. we'll uh, we'll 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 try that one again. Uh, yeah, let's you, go with that again. You heard the question, so I'll let yeah. you take a shot at yeah. that. Can you imagine a chili bowl with with those stars with Kevin Swindell in his prime? I'm trying to imagine it because my gosh, that's the stuff that that's the stuff that late night racing dreams are made of. Quite <laughs> frankly, yeah. And, I, you know, I actually, believe it or not, my analytical self has an answer for this. Oh, um, boy. Although, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're not surprised, right? <laughs> no. This is something that I would think about. Um, so, look, honestly, <laughs> and, and this is not just me saying a nice round number because it seems like this is what everything lands at in racing, uh, or everything important anyways. Honestly, if Kevin stays healthy, I think he has seven. I think he takes Larson's from this year because Logan Stevie, having never sat in the car in Kevin's car before Wednesday night, went out and ran fourth with it at the end of the race. He had a spectacular run. Yeah, the car was the car was on point, as Logan said to me after the race. Um, and he did plenty with it after racing his way in out of the B main. So I, honestly, if you give Kevin Swindell that car and knowing the, the driver he is to be able to make up the rest, I think Swindell honestly steals Larson's thriller from him this year if he had raced. And there's two of Bell's three that I honestly believe if if you have a healthy Swindell in the car, he probably takes as well. So I you know I know we'll never truly know the answer to that question because obviously that's just not the cards that life gave us to work with, but. Looking at how the Swindell cars performed over the last four or five years since Kevin was uh, was injured, and looking at uh, looking at what Kevin was always able to do with them, I do think that two of Bell's and one of Larson's probably swing the way of a thirty-nine if there was an opportunity to do so. Interesting. Well, I mean, again, we'll never know because, of course, anything could have happened. To you know, if Swindell was in it, you know, you different qualifying night, different situation. You could have, you know, it. You just never know. There's all those factors that you can't anticipate. But um, I mean, you look at this field, and I mean, we could sit and analyze the whole week for two hours. I don't really want to get into an in depth analysis of the entire week, but I just want to kind of look at a 10,000 foot overview of this. I mean, Kyle Larson wins the race. Chris Bell finishes second. Cannon McIntosh third. Logan Seavey fourth. Rico Abreu, who I still consider to be a young gun, um, finishes in fifth. Um, Buddy Kofoid, not Kofoid, as one of the TV announcers kept wanting to call him the other night. Please say Kofoid. Um, Buddy Kofoid finishes in seventh. Blake Hahn finishes in eighth, Tucker Klasmeyer. You've got, I mean, there are so many, Spencer Baston, Shane Golubic, um, you know, Tanner Thorson's still young. You've got so many of these young guys, and then they're slamming Sammy in 13th. Um, just barely makes it in, but he made it in, and that, that it's, but this is, this is so much, uh, to me, midget racing now is so much of a young guns game, in so many ways, not exclusively, but it just seems like more and more, you know, you got Zeb Wise, you got some of these other guys that, you know, uh, this is getting to be a young man's young man's game. And boy, there are some extremely talented young racers that, that this a main, and there, there are a whole bunch more that didn't make it. It's pretty amazing, honestly. 
I have a question. Does that make Kyle Larson old at the right young age of 27? Well, I see, I still consider him among the young guns, even though he is 27, because, yeah, he's been around for a while, but it, it just seems like him not winning the driller and whatever, you know, it's, I mean, you can cut it off wherever you want. I'm just saying that, you know, for the most part, you've got a lot of late teens, early 20s kids that are just spectacular racers. We've always had a lot of young uh, drivers, or at least in the in recent memory, that have gone to the Chili Bowl, attempted to qualify, whatever. It just seems like I feel like this year the young guns really stood out more as a, as the larger group. And even if you look at some of them that didn't quite make it, I mean, gee whiz, you know, guys, uh, Selzy and Dylan Welch and, you know, I mean, Justin Peck, it, these are guys that, that are, are top stars anywhere else. And, and, um, they didn't qualify for the chili bowl. So I just, I just thought that the youth really stood out this year. Well, I don't disagree with that, and quite frank, you know, quite frankly, I think it speaks to something even bigger than that. It's not just the youth. My my overview and my argument for the entire week is that this year's Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals in year thirty four was absolutely without question the deepest and most talented field that we have ever had for that event. Yeah. Period, bar none. When I can when I can look at the lineup sheet for Saturday and say that all the way down to the E mains, and that's E as in egg mains. <laughs> when, when I can look all the way down five letters of the alphabet and say that anywhere in the entire United States of America, those E mains would be A mains on a normal yes. night of competition. Yep. It's absolutely ridiculous the amount of premier class talent that we had throughout this entire event. You mentioned some names already that did not make the field. I want to th- I want to throw them out a couple out there again and throw even some more at you. You know, you mentioned Justin, Justin Peck didn't make it. Brad Sweet, the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series champion make was it. among those that did not make it. Uh, Chase Briscoe was the first man out. Dylan Welch was the other first man out because we run twin B mains at the Chili Bowls. Other, uh, otherwise, we would go down to like the, the Z or the double A or the double B, and it would just be completely ridiculous. Um, good grief. You know, the guys... Donnie Schatz. Uh, Justin Grant. Justin Grant yeah. uh, is another one. Who, you know, he had won three straight Friday preliminaries coming into this. Didn't make it. David Gravel didn't make it. Uh, Donnie Schatz. Yeah, Donnie Schatz. Ricky you. Stenhouse. Um, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Sten- Ryan Newman. Sten- and by the way, Stenhouse had a hell of a run through the D feet. Yeah. Um, 18, sure 18 did. To, fifth, to get to the C and be yeah. on MAV TV. That was one thing I wanted to <clears> shout out. Um, yeah, Jerry Coons Jr., USAC Triple Crown champion. He doesn't make it. Brady Alex Bacon, Bowman, star. He doesn't make it. Yes, Brady Bacon. Thank you. I was just looking at his name, getting ready to say yeah. he didn't make I mean, it. Sam 
Sam Hayfordteet, four-time ASCS Sprint Car Champion. He didn't make it. J.J. Yaley, who has the record of running through the alphabet back in 2004, he didn't make it. Uh, Cole Bodine, one of those young guns who we think is going to be a superstar this year, he didn't make it. Same for Andrew Lazor, same for Jesse Caldwell, same for Ryan Newman, same for Zeb Wise, who I firmly believe is cursed with the absolute worst luck in the state of Oklahoma to every poor kid. He had everything go wrong this week with the exception of winning his his E-Main. He had everything go wrong. Carson Elledge, Sean McClellan, Damian Gardner, who's won the driller before. Um, Cale Conley, who had an absolutely ridiculous run through the alphabet from, like, the K. Uh, He didn't make it, almost made it through the E to the D. Um, But he didn't make it. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. The the amount of premier talent that we had in this field that didn't make it could fill about three of the A mains. And then the talent that was in the A main, Larson Bell, McIntosh, CVA Brew, uh, Jonathan Beeson's been in several of them. You mentioned Buddy Kofoid. Rookie of the Year. Blake Hahn was the hard charger coming from 18th to 8th. Klossmeyer, um, Sunshine, Tyler Courtney, Timez, Sammy, Wyndham, McDougal, uh, Thorson, Reitzel. I could go on all night, frankly. Yeah, well, I mean, that's... You, 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 I know. You don't want me to go on all night because we don't have the time for that. But that, you, know, you see my point. You see, you see oh, the for point sure. that yeah. this year's field was just... Stack to the gills, even, is an understatement. This field was unlike anyone that I've ever seen in all the Chili Bowls I've either watched or covered as media. It was To me, this year's field was something special, and I hope that it remains something special and we continue to see fields like this because it's the only race in the world where you get all that talent from all different disciplines together for one week of competition and have yep. everybody racing against everybody. Yep, I agree for sure. Yeah, um, we'll uh, we'll step aside when we come back. Uh, we'll talk more chili bowl with Jacob as uh, this show continues, and uh, we'll get into some of the specifics of the A main and some other uh, topics relative to the chili bowl as well, including something I thought was wicked cool that uh, took place at the chili bowl over the course of the week. Back with more of Lead Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. You own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. 
Motorsports Sales Professionals. Performance Motorsports is looking to build a team of experienced media sales professionals to represent our programming to the industry's top companies, magazines, and racing series. If you have motorsports sales or marketing experience, know how to work with agencies, understand social media, and are incredibly creative when it comes to working with clients and promotions, then we want to hear from you. Top performers are richly rewarded. Your imagination is the only limit here. Call 717-749-0444. That's 717-749-0444. Or email us at scorpionradiogroup at gmail.com. You want to ask for Sue. Is your job sucking the life out of you? Wake up. You can do something else. Information technology. I know what you're thinking, but I'm not a math and science person. No problem and no excuses. Because it's not rocket science, it's My Computer Career. Go to mycomputercareer.edu and take the free career evaluation today. You could start your new life as an IT pro in as little as four months. Mycomputercareer.edu, that's mycomputercareer.edu. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication. But it's those tough choices that help me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Casey Kane, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Lead Lap, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. want to also acknowledge another one of our uh, corporate uh, partners here, uh, big supporters of the Thursday Night Motorsports Madness show, HM, uh, not HMS, but uh, mycomputercareer.edu, training for a better life. You can find them uh, on the web at mycomputercareer.edu and also... You can take note that if IT is a career that you might want to look into, or if you're just looking for a change, you're not sure where to go, uh, IT might be a great opportunity. And my computer career has financial aid available if you qualify, including the GI Bill. You can take a free career evaluation on mycomputercareer.edu, see if it's right for you. And if you decide that you want to, uh, move forward. You can train in as little as four months for your new job in uh, an exciting field that's growing in numbers and has a lot more available jobs than people to fill those jobs right now. So mycomputercareer.edu. It is not rocket science. It's my computer career. Okay. Jacob Seelman from Speed Sport and SprintCarMidget.com is back with us. And I'm going to... Uh, Add to my cough drop count. Well, th- this is kind of the deal. The chili bowl has a flip count, and today I have a cough drop count because I'm trying to make my voice last through the end of the show. So, Jacob, uh, welcome back. We're talking about uh, 
Chili Bowl. And, of course, um, there are a couple of drivers we want to at least mention that I know you and I were both sort of cheering for because they're friends of ours and, and we wanted to see them do well. Austin Langenstein, who works uh, for HMS Motorsport uh, as his profession, uh, is a fine young racer in his own right. Uh, second attempt at the Chili Bowl, unfortunately, um, had some issues uh, back down in the H main that he was in and uh, didn't advance any further. And then Tyler Thompson uh, spun early in the E main that he was in after winning his heat on um, his qualifying night in his first ever attempt at the Chili Bowl. Tyler's a 17-year-old super modified racer from uh, up in Oswego, where I'm originally from. And both of those uh, drivers yep. just add to sort of the accomplished young guns that were there to try and take their shot. Unfortunately, um, it can be over in a heartbeat. And for those two, that's kind of how it went on Saturday in alphabet soup. Well, that's exactly what happened. And I'll, I'll say not that I don't feel bad for Tyler, but I feel exceptionally bad for Austin because he should have been much higher in the alphabet than he was. Um, got uh, unfortunately bitten by the muffler rule at the Chili Bowl Nationals that requires a muffler to be attached to the car at all times. He ended up tangled in a skirmish with another car on his preliminary night, I believe in the B main, when he was in position to, to transfer to the A that knocked the muffler off his car, which was prepared by Flea Ruzik, and uh, as soon as the muffler came off, you go right off the racetrack. They don't (sighs) give you an opportunity to reattach that so unfortunate break for austin that really set uh, really set his week back but that car had a lot of speed i was really impressed with the job he did all throughout it and i believe that we just may see him back with lee ruzik for the 21 uh chili ball because so. they were they were a really good pairing and uh, certainly uh, certainly turned a few heads as did tyler thompson i mean shoot through uh, through heat races on his preliminary night, he was high points, and then yeah. ran into some major issues in his qualifier that just set him a little too far back to be able to do uh, do a whole lot. Uh, he did make the prelim night feature, but good grief! Once he got into the feature, the poor kid uh, almost couldn't get out of his own way just because of various things that happened, some of which were out of his control. I think he ended up involved in either five or six different caution flags. In the uh, in the main event, Tyler Thompson did so. Uh, tough break for him. Tough break for both of them, like you said. But uh, you know, this is this is why the Chili Bowl and winning the Chili Bowl is so prestigious. Because at the end of the day, it is harder to make the A main in that in this event. I would argue than any other event in the motorsports landscape, quite frankly, because of oh, all the sure. as we talked about in our last segment, because of all the supreme talent that's there. Which is why the direct, the next driver I want to talk about for a second was so dang impressive um, over the course of six days. And I want to give uh, an extra shout-out here to Buddy Kofoid from Keystone's Kerbagajanian Motorsports, who we have had on uh, Race Chaser Radio in the past, because Buddy um, was stellar all week long. He was. Uh, from, the, from the very beginning of the week. He was impressive. Uh, you know, as soon as I saw that car in practice, I said to myself, oh, he's going to be good, and he was. He finished third on his preliminary night, which is a feat uh, that the last uh, rookie driver to do was actually Spencer Baston, who, uh, when, when Spencer did it in 2015, 
he was actually a team car, um, also driving for Keith Coons, Kerbagajani, and Motorsports at the time. Um, and now Buddy comes in five years later and does the exact same thing. Yep. Only difference was Buddy actually parlayed it into a seventh place finish in the Saturday Night A Main, which, as I uh, as you know, I'm a very big stat guy, and I got to digging and, and thinking to myself, well, it's got to be good. How good was it? Buddy Kofoid's seventh-place finish in the A-Main Saturday night actually goes on record as tied for the third-best performance by a Chili Bowl rookie in the history of the event. Now, they didn't start giving out the, uh, the rookie award at the Chili Bowl until 2004, so we don't know if there were any first-year participants back in the early days um, that that may have done better. But at least since the uh, beginning of the Chili Bowl Rookie of the Year Award in 2004, Buddy's Co- Buddy Kofoid's seventh-place finish in the Saturday A-Main's third-best, tied with Danny Stratton. The only two guys who outran him are two guys who are very familiar to dirt racing fans, uh, both in this country and around the world, Michael Pickens finished sixth in the Saturday A-Main in 2005, and then the late, great Donnie Ray Crawford, uh, in in his honor, by the way, the feature is now 55 laps, yep. uh, but Donnie Ray, in a Keith Coons car, finished fifth in the Saturday A-Main in 2007 during his first attempt, and God bless DRC, if he had been able to remain living, I think he would have been another one who uh, might have changed the tally or the outcome of Chili Bowl Golden Drillers. Of course, we'll never know, but uh, Donnie Ray, the all-time rookie leader at the Chili Bowl with a fifth-place run in the Saturday A-Main in 2005, but he Kofoid only two spots off that, and he and McIntosh have given Keith Coon so much cause to be optimistic and excited for uh, for 2020. I mean, they are supremely talented in my mind, and I think they're really going to shake up the landscape because of how, how smooth and how talented they are behind the wheel of a race car. Yes, Keith has lost Christopher. Yes, Keith lost Kyle. Yes, Keith's even lost Logan Seavey. But he's got some really, really, really good people taking their place. Well, and and you know, I'm going to throw Jesse Love into that mix on the midget side because Jesse's coming back for his second year, and I can tell you that uh, he is a different person this year in terms of his. He's had that year of kind of being thrown to the wolves in multiple different divisions. He's got it, and he's looking forward to an expanded schedule with Keith on the midget side because now he can run some USAC stuff and some Power Eye stuff. Um, you know, and I think that's another young driver that is just going to be uh, a great addition again or great returnee to that stable. Um, Keith knows how to get it done, and it doesn't matter what kind of open wheel car it is, he knows how to make it fast, and he's got some talent. And uh, like you said, Cannon, certainly, I mean, looking forward to having him on the Motorsports Madness show on Thursday uh, to talk to us about his run. That was pretty amazing. I thought, honestly, I yeah. my thought was if he could have started a few spots up further, he'd have been contending for the win. Yeah, I agree. And that's where the pole shuffle, the new pole shuffle format for this year kind of bit him for a little bit. Yep. Uh, 
he he ended up with the five seed, which really for the prelim night winners was the worst possible scenario because right. if you had a problem in that first race, you end up uh, starting eighth. And unfortunately, that's what happened to Cannon. If he'd been able to start even even fifth or sixth, yeah. I think he'd have had a better shot just with not having to race past some of those guys in the early laps. But the fact, you know, just the fact that he's standing on the podium, and by the way, the youngest driver to ever stand on the Saturday night podium at the Chili yeah. Bowl Nationals, 17 years, one month. Um, you know, just that alone is so impressive to me. Um, you know, I've seen the talent that he's had the last couple of years, um, not just in midgets, but in sprint cars as well. And he has really, really matured and really focused himself over the past six months or so. And I think a lot of that's to do with some of the extra support that he and his dad's team have gotten from Toyota Racing Development, from Jack Irving, uh, Tyler Gibbs, the folks at TRD. And I really do believe that uh, that, that Cannon is uh, on the verge and poised for something really, really special this year. We don't know. It's not a guarantee that it's going to be a full-time ride with Keith. That there's some other factors in that that are out of anybody's control. Yeah. But even if it's not, even if it's not a full-time ride, even if he only jumps in Keith's car for for some selected races, if he can go out and perform and prove that he belongs in the car and prove that he's earned the shot, the sky is the limit for him. And I'm really, really excited to to see what he's capable of and see what he can do for the rest of 2020. And I know we have to take a break here in just a second, but I do want to toss something out there, hopefully, that we can talk about on the other side of this break. And it uh, it, it kind of sort of revolves around, yeah, that, that, that little Victory Lane interview heard around the world. Can we talk about that on the other side of a break? Sure, we can. It'll be a nice transition because that, that will let us put Chili Bowl to bed. And I know we're going to have more to say about it Thursday night. I want to talk about, we'll talk about that. And then I want to talk about uh, an announcement that came out relative to the Xfinity Series um, going to the road course uh, at uh, the Brickyard this year and talk a little bit about uh, that being a, a, a harbinger of a trend back with more motors, uh, more league lap. I don't even know what show I'm doing tonight. The cold has got me so uh, flustered back with more of league lap radio presented by HMS motorsport right after this. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speed. Ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents. Vehicle dynamics and feedback. Skid control and skid recovery. Threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. 
It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves a majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Featuring world-renowned brands like Schubert Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, Lero Fireproof Underwear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits, HMS has the right product for your type of racing and your budget. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina, and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your specific safety needs. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Just stop in to HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a message on Facebook. Tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media set ya. Hi, this is John Androsik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD, the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, this is Spencer Boyd, and you're listening to Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Italy Lab, presented by HMS Motorsport. Tom Baker and James Mellick in the WSIC studio uh, in Statesville, North Carolina. Jacob Seelman is on our strutmasters.com hotline. And we have been talking Chili Bowl. Jacob, you wanted to make a point about, uh, I know what you're, you're getting at, the, the infamous quote heard around the world um, that Kyle Larson had in Victory Lane uh, where he basically said, I'm sorry, NASCAR, I'm sorry, Daytona, but this is the biggest um, effing. And he did not. He actually said effing to his credit. I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, win of my career. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, wanted to sort of politicize that, if you will, and, and you know, and take sides. And, you know, I think Kyle, I think it was big for him because, He's been trying to do it for so long. I mean, now that he's won it, obviously, if you're relating Daytona to a NASCAR win at some other track, you know, like Kansas or Chicagoland, Daytona's going to be the biggest win, right? So I don't know, Jacob, what did you glean from that? Because I just don't, I mean, I don't think it was a bad thing to say, and I think it was very honest, and nobody should be offended, in my opinion. No, nobody should be offended. It was very honest. It was very Kyle Larson. It was very, if I were expecting anything from Victory Lane, quite frankly, that's about what I expected. And I don't know if Kyle heard from Steve O'Donnell today, but quite frankly, I hope he didn't. Because you know what? Good for you, Kyle Larson. Good for you for saying what you think. Um, it's a, You're right, Tom. He was. He said that, and he felt that way because 
He's been trying for 13 years yeah. to win this race. I equate it to Bubba Pollard trying to win the Snowball Derby or Dale Earnhardt trying to win the Daytona 500. This this was Kyle Larson's um, hitch in the get-along, so to speak. This was the goose egg that was missing. Now it's not missing anymore. Now, regardless of what happens, they can never take away. Kyle Larson is a Chili Bowl champion and has a golden driller. You know, this is one of a very select few races in the world that we call, you know, you're not just a race winner, you're a, you're a race champion. And that's because of how big the Chili Bowl is. Yeah, I, he said more than once that the Chili Bowl, you know, kind of like what Christopher Bell said a year ago, the Chili Bowl is these guys' Daytona 500 because they grew up with this being the marquee before they ever had aspirations of NASCAR. So, you know, no, I'm not surprised. I'm not disappointed. I'm not anything. I love it. And I think it generates more conversation. It gets people talking, and it gets the short track community engaged. Maybe now somebody paying attention to Larson that uh, enjoys what they saw, enjoys what they heard, pays attention during speed weeks or pays attention somewhere down the line during the season. Um, You know, we just don't know what kind of ripple effect that'll have, but... You know, I love it. I'm happy for Kyle. What I was most intrigued by was after the race in the press conference, his uh, his bucket list actually not included the Daytona 500. He said his top three bucket list races to win were the Chili Bowl, the Knoxville National, and get this, the Bristol Night Race. Really? The NASCAR race that he circled. Yeah, he said, yeah, he said Chili Bowl, Knoxville, and the Bristol Night Race were his three bucket list races wow. that no matter what else he does, he wants to win before he retires. Wow. That's interesting. I don't know if I've ever heard I, another I, driver. I very interesting. He not only said Bristol, but he specified <laughs> the night race, which is interesting. By yes, the way, by the, uh, James, make a note that uh, January 20th of 2020 may be the first and only time we ever hear the phrase hitch in his get along used on this show. It is noted there on the paper. So January 20th, 2020 honor of having used that phrase for the first time ever, I think, in this show's history. So good job, Jake. Listen, it's been eight, I spent eight <laughs> days in Tulsa, and I've talked the Chili Bowl to death. I'm trying to find unique ways to continue to, to uh, put the same thoughts here before we finally put this thing to bed and look at the Rolex 24, which is coming up this weekend at Daytona. Well, here's, here's the uh, judge's reaction to whether you succeeded or not. There you go. You 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 succeeded in in finding a unique way to talk about the chili bowl. Okay, um, with that we I want to transition. <laughs> we'll get to the twenty four. That's not where I wanted to go yeah. next. I wanted to transition into the announcement that was made uh, at the end of the week last week about um, Indy uh, announcing or NASCAR announcing that they have moved the Xfinity race from the Oval at Indianapolis to the road course for Brickyard Weekend this year. And there was a lot of back and forth about that on social media. And, you know, again, there's about 20% of it or so that I just tune out because it's the 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 race fans or so-called fans who are just bitter and curmudgeon and you know nascar could cure cancer and they'd still find something wrong with that um because it's nascar so i have to throw a part of that out but there was some really intriguing discussion here and i think i think it's worth some some discussion on the show 
First of all, do you like this move by NASCAR to move the Xfinity Series to the road course? And can you appreciate Roger Penske's uh, mindset for doing so in that he just wanted to try and you know, add a little something else to the show. And, and I think in doing so, you kind of have more variety because, you know, you've got the dirt track stuff, you've got the, the, the road course uh, with the Xfinity, and now you got the cup on the oval. And he actually said that he wouldn't be opposed to necessarily flip-flopping that for next year if the fans thought the road course race was interesting. I don't know how I'd feel about that, but what do you, what do you think about that move? Pardon me for being uh, a little bit bitter and a little bit of a curmudgeon here, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to be a little bit bitter here, um, and it's not towards IMS and not towards Roger Penske. Quite frankly, IMS and Roger Penske, by extension, were put into a box, and this was basically about the only decision that they could make to try and generate some sort of fan interest for 2020. I already think they're saddled with an absolutely terrible date for Brickyard 400 weekend because it's going to be hotter than the hubs of you-know-what uh, <laughs> on July 4th weekend in the middle of Indiana. Um, that's just the way it's going to be. That's just the way the weather Hades. is in that part of the country. I can testify to that. It is yeah. really yeah, hot it is. there. I was born yeah. and raised there. I can testify. Yeah. Thank you, Malik. Um, my, my, my case my case continues. Um so there's that. Number two that put him into a, uh, that, you know, kind of has them in a box is the fact that it's 2020, not 2021. So this was basically a, what can we do to inject some sort of interest while not violating the five-year sanction agreement that we're in the last year of that's got us locked into a box? So they couldn't, t- they couldn't do what they really need to do and take the thing away from IMS completely and put it back on the little short track down the street, Lucas Oil Raceway, I'm looking at you. Um, so they, they had to keep it at IMS in some capacity for 2020, and this is what they came up with. Now, with that being said, Xfinity Series racing on road courses, nine times out of ten, is really, really, really good. My only problem with this is the IMS road course isn't good for anything except motorcycle racing and maybe putting somebody to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, quite, quite frankly, motor, <laughs> yeah, motorcycle, motorcycle racing is the only entertaining form of racing that that track can put on. Quite frankly, that's what it was originally designed for even before Formula One came there. So there's a reason they call it a Grand Prix course, and that's because uh, that that's because in its infancy, um, the mo- the uh, championship motorcycle racing, what's now MotoGP, is really what started that whole thing. And you know, motorcycles can make passes in much slimmer, tighter corners and spaces than a stock car or an F1 car or even an Indy car can. There's a reason why the Indy car races on the road course suck too. Um, that, that track's just not built for big cars trying to make passes. I applaud what they're trying to do. I applaud that they're trying to do something. The problem is they're locked into where their something doesn't really have that much effect. When we get to 2021, 20, just 
scrap the thing and move it back where it never should have left in the first place, please? God willing, your NASCAR, do something? Okay. okay. I rest my case. So, so I want to just clarify here. So are you saying they should scrap the Xfinity race or scrap the Brickyard race weekend in general and move it all to Lucas Oil Raceway? Oh, no, God, no, 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 no. The Brickyard 400 needs to be on the oval because regardless of what you think about the style of racing, stock cars on the oval at Indianapolis, there's just an aura of what it means to race and to win a race on the Oval at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And regardless of what you think about the on-track product, there's something to be said for the top level of stock car racing in this country contesting a major league event on the two-and-a-half-mile Oval at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. It's a prestige thing. It's an honor thing. You know, I, I can go on for a couple hours on that. No, take the Xfinity cars off the big track. They never should have been there in the first place. Put them back with the truck series. Put them back, or, or the ARCA series, or both. I don't care. But put a program back at, uh, at at Lucas Oil Raceway and let's go. Please, give me short track racing. Give me dirt track racing. Give me a Brickyard 400. Those three things combined would make for a great week, a great week, and a great weekend in that part of the country. But Xfinity cars on any configuration of the big track. I will fall asleep. I'm just warning you ahead of time. I'll be up there to cover it, so maybe being in person I can stay awake a little bit better. But if I were sitting at home, I can promise you I'd be asleep before halfway and probably would in this road, even though it's on the road course. I will uh, respond to Jacob's comments and, again, ask a larger picture question on that same topic when... We return with more League Lap presented by HMS Motorsport right after this. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today. 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. 
But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of NASCAR, IndyCar, and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America. Their representatives are experts on making your track driving as safe as possible. You have family and friends who care about you, so don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport, visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com, or send them a Facebook message and tell them the folks from Race Chaser Media sent you. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. Outsmart them. This party is, like, so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart, and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. Hi, this is Chandler Smith, and you're listening to the Race Chaser Radio. Now back to the show. Uh, welcome back to Leave That, presented by HMS Motorsport, the leaders in motorsport safety. You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. And uh, we are in our white flag segment. Um, this is a lightning round, basically. Uh, where when we have a guest and the opportunity to do so, we kind of hit some hot topics. And uh, we've been talking Chili Bowl with Jacob Seelman for most of the last hour. So we're going to conclude by kind of, we, 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 fan, we transition into a conversation about uh, the Xfinity Series on the road course this year at Indianapolis instead of the Oval Jacob opining that uh, he didn't think this was going to be a good change at all because the road course really doesn't, nothing puts on a good show on that road course. It was built for motorcycles and they ought to just take the thing to Lucas Oil Raceway next year where it belongs. Well, my response to that is I agree with part of it. I, I'm open to the road course idea this year for one thing that Jacob said about a tendency when you put the Xfinity series on a road course in general, they seem to put on pretty good racing. So I'm going to be hopeful that that will happen. I'm disappointed because I thought that the Xfinity race was the better of the two races of the weekend for the last number of years. Um, And so I hope that we can still produce that. Um, here in, and by the way, I, I, I'm happy with anything that goes to race at Lucas Oil Raceway. It's one of the most amazing short tracks of the country. I wish NASCAR would, if they're not going to move the Xfinity back away from the Brickyard, at least put a truck race on Friday at Lucas Oil Raceway or some sort of a, a deal like that so that all three series can be racing there and we create more of a, a motorsports festival type weekend that can involve both of those facilities. But uh, my response 
is in the larger sense, Jacob, I'm seeing a trend here. We seem to be more open in the NASCAR landscape to road course type racing. The newer Cup car, the Gen 7 car that's been tested a few times now, is very much akin, more akin to almost a V8 supercar um, as much as it is a traditional stock car now with the the taller wheels and such. Um, it's are, are you seeing the same thing I am that we're sort of becoming more open now to the road course style of racing. And is this a good or a bad thing for NASCAR, do you think? So for, for starters, yes, I think we are becoming a lot more open to the road course style of racing. The problem is in this country, the fan base wants to see oval track racing because that's what uh, it's grown up on for the last 70 some odd years. I think road courses are great in moderation personally, and I, I do think the quality of racing they put on, particularly in the Xfinity series, is very much a great thing, and it generates a lot of excitement. Um, you know, whenever we do that, I think it's cool how they've kind of done that month-long stretch, so to speak, of road racing in August, just to kind of give everybody a little bit of something different yeah. in the Xfinity series. But I don't think we need to do what IndyCar is doing and, and uh, you know, suddenly put like half of our races on road courses. I just think there's going to be, a, there would be a lot more fan backlash um, for something like that, because at the end of the day, NASCAR was founded on oval track racing, and I think still needs to uh, needs to focus mainly on that type of racing, whether it's big tracks or short tracks, to uh, continue to be successful. Well, I agree with that in the larger sense. I don't think anybody at NASCAR wants to see it become... Um, I don't think they even want to see anywhere near a balance. In other words, you don't want 50-50 or anything close to that. Um, I think... I think what's interesting is I think there's an emerging market of young people who are much more fascinated with the Fast and Furious kind of idea, okay, and and therefore much more uh, kind of orientated toward um, street racing, road, road courses, that kind of thing. I think there's a market for um, NASCAR to tap into by doing a couple more road courses in each of its series. Um, I think there's a limit. I would say six as the limit in, in Xfinity or cup um, would be my chosen number, I think, um, which is about um, a fifth or a sixth of the schedule. So about one out of every six, I could, I could be okay with that. Um, you know, the trucks obviously are kind of a different, situation um but i would definitely like to see them run a couple of more road courses too um i just think it's an interesting trend and i think roger penske now having more influence um with ownership in supercars ownership of indycar ownership of the speedway i think he kind of favors that a little bit so it will be interesting to see what else happens um, with regard to additional road course races in the next year or two, I would suspect that the 2021 schedule 
you might see a couple of different road courses on it that we haven't seen in NASCAR before. That's just my two cents. I think it's easier to add some well thought out road courses than it would be to add short tracks because for them to add short tracks, even Lucas Oil Raceway, you know, you got to put your safer barriers and do all that. They, they're going to want the tracks to be sort of up to code. And, you know, that's very expensive. So somebody's got to come up with the funds for that. But I just think, I think it's an interesting trend. Uh, and, and moving the Xfinity cars to the road course, I'm not sure it was desperation. I don't think Roger feels that way, but I think... I think it's almost uh, a science experiment along the lines of putting the IndyCar on the Roval last year. We'll see. I, you know, all right, that's an interesting way to look at it. And in some respects, I can see where you're coming from with the whole science experiment point. I just, you know, I, I think I just get the sense that they, had, they, they felt like they had to do something. And this was the something that they could do uh, relatively easily, I guess, for lack of a better term. What would you think that Roger would, because you know that he's, I'm not going to say he's the force behind it, because obviously there's other people in the equation, but what would you think he would have wanted to do? if, Or is it a case of you think NASCAR would have done something different with it if if they didn't have the, uh, the, the uh, agreement with the tracks? Oh, I think NASCAR. I think NASCAR would have tried to make a move back to Lucas Oil Raceway you do. in a heartbeat. Oh, I, absolutely I do. The drivers have been crying for it. The drivers have been crying for it. The fans have been crying for it. I, I think I think that move is inevitable at some point here in the not too not very distant future. Um, it's just a matter of we were totally locked in for two thousand and twenty and there was no way to uh, no way to be able to pull it off. Now, um, I, I wanna throw a quick thought out there before the end of the show um and if you want to respond to it you're more than welcome okay to. but i have also heard from a couple of people that uh I, i've heard from a couple of people that the double header idea that they're working on with pocono this year if that goes well you may see a couple more cup series facilities or even you know potentially um you know, Xfinity Series facilities that have two race dates. Um, that you may see that concept more uh, starting in 2021 if everything goes off at Pocono without a hitch. One of the tracks I heard rumored as being a prime possibility for that is Michigan International Speedway. So just uh, something to look out for as we look to try to compress the schedule a little bit and maybe. Uh, look for ways to add to the fan interest. That's interesting because if you if you if you start doing more doubles, then in theory you open up more race dates where you could you could go run another track. In other words, if if you're gonna take both of Pocono's cup races, I mean I understand they obviously did it this year because of the Olympics and all that. I get it. But you, you you allowed that to be an open date when you did that. And so that could potentially open up more possibilities to run more tracks. Now, I understand the idea is to keep the same amount of races. I'm somehow... Not, well, I, I, I'm going to say not necessarily. I think you're going to... 
I think you may see that partially used as a way to close up the schedule a little bit. I think you may see NASCAR in the future look to try and get off of some of the NFL season, perhaps be done by the end of September or the, or, or the very first part of October. You took what I was just about to say right there. I was thinking they were trying to condense the schedule to possibly not try and see, fight with the NFL. Now, I would object to that. You would? Yeah, I don't know for a fact they are. I, I would object if that was the case because I, I don't like that IndyCar has such a short season. I think it's ridiculous um, because it's, it's, it's enough of an investment for these teams to put cars on the track. And if you're now, I, I understand running a double in theory, you could run, you know, you could shorten the schedule and you run the same amount of races. But um, I just, I would rather see, I, I want to see them continue with these late season races. You can put more tracks in if you're going to do that. I think you can either that or they're going to have to just start rotating tracks because the fan base wants more variety. They want more short short tracks. They want more road courses. If you're going to condense the number of weeks you race down, then obviously that's not going to work well. Um, so somebody's going to be really disappointed. So I think that's – I'd rather not see them be chicken of the football schedule. Race fans are going to watch racing, period, end of end of discussion we can talk more about that on thursday okay that brings this show to a conclusion folks we actually got through it my voice thank god uh i was really concerned about that we are out of here thanks to jacob sealman and mark abernathy for being my guests thanks to all of our sponsors and to james and wsic bye-bye you've been listening to lead lap radio powered by hms motorsport the leaders in motorsport safety You can find them on the web at hmsmotorsport.com. Lead Lap Radio is a Race Chaser Media production. For more exciting and passionate motorsport content, follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and visit racechasermedia.com. The opinions expressed by our guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, affiliates, or marketing partners of Race Chaser Media. No part of the show may be reproduced in any manner without the expressed written consent of Race Chaser Media. Thank you for listening.